Our Father and our God, we thank you. Because the Messiah came, sacrificed his own life for the sins of the whole world, and he left the Holy Spirit where he was leaving the world, so that the work of God on earth should be done. We thank you for this great privilege of being your children. Thank you, God Almighty, that from our song we say, No condemnation, none I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine. Bold we approach before you this morning and claim the crown through Christ our God. We give you all praise, Father, we are here before you. You have been speaking to us this morning, Lord. And Father, King of glory, you have been blessing our lives. Father, King of glory, Lord, as we just share your words, even now, Lord, we pray that Lord will be with us. That Father, Lord, you crown God Almighty all that we have been saying. That nobody here, Lord, will live here the same in the name of Jesus. Thank you that, Lord, you have spoken to us in diverse ways. Even through the prophecy, Lord Almighty, you summarized it. The role of women, what you expect from us. Father, Lord Almighty, I thank you. You are God, and you are God by yourself. Come and be with us, and Lord, take control of this message. That by the end of today, Lord Almighty, we shall say of a truth, we have been in your presence. Blessed be to your holy name, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Mothers, praise the Lord. Are you happy being alive today? Our topic for today's Modern Sunday is the master's task for his disciples. The master's task for his disciples. And by starting, I want us to know that from where we read, the message is that Jesus sent out the twelve disciples to go and preach the gospel to the nations, to the people around them. And the main message that Jesus sent them to go and preach is actually in verse 12. He says, so they went out and preached the people and preached that people should turn away from their sins. The master's task to his disciples. I want to start by saying that the very reason why you are still alive today, why I am still alive today, when I gave my life to Christ, is for this particular task of uh, going around to preach uh, the gospel of the kingdom. The message is simple. He said, tell the people to turn around, to turn away from their sins. Turning away from sinful ways and then faith towards God. And from there we can see that the master himself that sent these disciples to go and preach, telling people to turn away from their sinful ways and then to focus on God by faith. The master himself is Jesus Christ. Because he's the one that came down from heaven and then paid the price. We know that in the Garden of Eden, Bible says we lost it. It was a beautiful place. But along the line, the devil came and deceived Adam and Eve. And they handed officially the authority given to them to Satan. And as a result, the whole world became so dark. We were all sold to slavery. And we became, or all of us, we are under the slavery of sin. Controlled by devil himself. But God looked at us in his mercy. He sent his son, Jesus Christ. And that's why in John 3, 16, Bible says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever that believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We know he sent Jesus, and Jesus obeyed the Father, and came down here on earth. And then when he came, he recruited people that will work with him. Because he knew that he had just few years to live here on earth. And the Bible told us in Mark 3, from 13 and 14, 
where, where he called people from different spheres of life. And Bible said that he called them. He began to teach them. He sat on them. He taught them the kingdom lifestyle, the kingdom principles. So Jesus himself is the master that came and paid the price. In Colossians 1.13, he said that he redeemed our lives from destruction because we were sold to the devil. The way he came, he redeemed it from the devil. He paid the price. That's Jesus for you, the master who told, who sent the disciples to go and preach the gospel. And then having known that the master himself is Jesus, who has the life or who has the message that we must preach, we want to look at what is the task. What is actually the task? What is the task? I do not want to define it as a manager or from management terms, because if you want to define a task from management terms, task, you can talk about the environment, the things that surround the environment, where you are starting a business, or maybe where you build a, in, a, in an institution. You talk about other things that surround that can make it impossible, or make it possible for that particular institution or organization to survive. But for this particular task, Jesus sent you know, out, or is asking us to fulfill today, is the task of a ministering reconciliation message back to the world of sin. Jesus came into the world, and when he finished, as he was about going in Matthew 28, from 18 down to 20, he told the disciples that you go into the whole world, starting from Jerusalem to Samaria to Judea and to the whole world. That's the task, that you people should go and preach the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. Thank God that this year we are considering kingdom lifestyle. And in our diocese, we decided to use this, the master's eh, task. The task is the message. Preach to people the message of salvation. Tell the people that Jesus has come. Jesus paid the price. That they should turn from their sinful ways. And they should turn to God by faith. So that they will not go back to hell. Because that's not the will of God for us. Praise the Lord. And it seems because we have chosen it for today, that is our modern Sunday, that God is specifically speaking to us as mothers. When I was preparing, the Holy Ghost told me that Jesus said that you should start from Jerusalem to Samaria, then to Judea, to the ends of the world. And he said that I should emphasize the issue that we mothers, that we should start from our Jerusalem. And our Jerusalem is actually our homes. That's why when the prophecy was coming, I said that this Holy Spirit, you're wonderful. We should start from our homes. The prophecy told us that we mothers, he brought us to help our husbands. We know that no man can achieve it. No man can make it in the ministry. No man can achieve anything. Thank God the prophecy said it. That I'm sorry to say it, they are weak. In as much as the Bible says that we are weaker sex, but when it comes to the actual, men are weaker than us. And God knows that they cannot do it alone. That's why he brought us wives to stay near them. So that as they move out, maybe doing the ministry, preaching the gospel at Samaria, at Judea, and all over the world, we shall be at home, helping them, you know, praying for them. And then taking care of our very inside uh, domain. So the Holy Spirit is really urging us and telling us that our duty is basically at uh, Jerusalem. In our homes. Because many of us, we want our children, we do not want to be the first to preach to our children. I want us to know that we mothers, we occupy a unique position in our homes. We occupy a unique position. Our husbands can never occupy it, no matter how they do it. Watch any home where the mother is no more. You see that, that more, no matter how worthy that man is, is no longer the same. We are occupying a very sensitive, important position in our homes. And God is depending on us. God expects us that whatsoever preaching, he sent disciples to go, but he's sending us to stay in our homes. 
Because if we are able to lay the foundation in our homes, then it will be easy for those that may be preaching from outside. We can see from the drama how somebody in the office was preaching to her colleague. It's true that the colleague did not receive Jesus immediately. But thank God that when she went for school run, another person met her there and completed the work. And God is telling us and speaking to us, as mothers, let us not always be eager to rush out. Our home is our Jerusalem. We have been praising God for our, our dad, Reverend Graham, that was just buried a few weeks ago or a few days ago. But we can see that the success of that man's ministry was basically on their wife, Ruth Graham. Story told us that the two of them, they had five children. And the woman would have been a missionary to China. But because she was convinced that God told her to marry this man, and Graham was not always there. He was going about preaching the message of the kingdom, telling people about the love of God. And that they should turn from their sinful ways and come to God. Because that's the main message. That's the reason why Jesus came. And this woman, Ruth, was in the house. You know, preaching to the children. Teaching the children. Mentoring them. And that's why five of them are all Christian. And then we also know the story of uh, John Wesley. The mother Susan Wesley. You know, we heard how this woman, she was praying for them. She was at home teaching them. So whatever this man wears is because of the woman in the home. And the big question is, do you really know that your own duty, your core duty is to help your husband as he carries out the message of the kingdom, as he preaches in Samaria and in Judea? Do you really know your duty in the home? Our duty because we are closer to these children more than men. We understand these children more than men. Our duty is to be the first to preach to our children. Many of us, we are eager to send our children to Christian schools. Thank God it is good. Many of us, we are eager to send them to Bible clubs, fellowships, and one another. It's good. But this place is telling us that we should be the first to preach to our children. We mothers, our duty is to preach to our children. Teach them. In Deuteronomy 6, if you read from 6 to 9, he said that teach them when they rise up in the morning. As you go about the duties in the house, teach them. As you are going to bed, teach them. As you eat in the dining, teach them. Wherever you go, whatever you do, teach them. That's our own duty. Jesus sent the disciples to go out. But he's telling us, go out, but start from your Jerusalem. The big question is, what are you really doing? Are you really preaching the message to your children? It baffles me that most of us, we don't really take time. Especially we mothers. God left this job to us. And I think that's why he really wants to urge us. He really wants to remind us. If we have been blood because of the things going around us, God is calling us back to the main thing he wants us to do. Our main message or whatever we do is actually from our home. What do you tell your children? few weeks ago, our brother Bolu told us here that a man out of the abundance stored in him will produce. And a man out of the evil also stored in him will also produce. The issue is what are you storing in your children? Do you really have time for children? Do you have time to preach the gospel to them? It's not just a matter of preaching to them. It's of two ways. You preach to them, you create spiritual enabling environment, and you also live out their life. Because in the home is where you get the raw test of who you are as a Christian. If you're a mother and you're a Christian, you can't pretend in your home. So if you are saying one thing, you are telling them that Jesus tests you, that Jesus loves you, and that's why he came, suffered and died for you. You should receive him so that when you die, you go to heaven. And you are doing a different thing. And you are telling them that Jesus is kind, that Jesus is a merciful God. With all this, when they watch you, they see a different thing. When I was, Ten years ago, I was registering some students, undergraduates, that we are coming into the school. And this boy, when I started registering him, I, I, thought, I ministered the word of God to him. And when I finished, he said, thank you, auntie, and left. And uh, one day, I saw him. He was crossing from my office. I shouted and called him and said, come, Ugonna. And this boy came. 
When he came, I asked him, what are you still doing with Jesus? Are you born again now? He asked me, auntie, can I sit down? I said, yeah, sit down. He says, I'm confused about this, your Jesus, I'm born again. That I don't know what exactly you want me to do. That I don't want to be born again and behave like my mother. He says that my mother is born again. But she's so wicked, she's so cantankerous, that she's, you know, that she can never live in fact, that she doesn't live in peace with the father, she quarrels with the father every day, quarrels with all of them, six of the children, quarrels, he said, so how do you want me to become born again like my mother? So you want me to begin to behave the way, yeah, my mother, you know, you know I, I say, you know, I couldn't believe it. I said, it's because of the way you live. That's why maybe the woman is not happy, because she's the only one who is born again in your house. She, he told me, Auntie, you cannot understand. If you know the kind of mother we have in the house, you will be able to appreciate what I'm saying. So I don't want to be born again and behave the way my mother behaves. So the issue is not what you know teaching alone. As you are teaching, are you living it? Are you living it? And many of us in our homes, when the husband is not there, they're always out there, maybe doing the preaching in outside. What do you really do in the home? We have become so busy that we don't really have time for our children. We don't really have time to lay the foundation of preaching the message to them. Because right from the, you know, the womb, when you are still carrying them, you begin to prophesy in unto them. And as they come into the world, you continue to teach them about Jesus. You use every available you know, means in your house to teach them. It's difficult for some of us, especially some of us mothers. These children are watching us. They are becoming of age maybe one year. You don't even buy Bible or Bible story books for them. You can buy anything for them. For their birthdays, you can do anything. Our brother Val Okafor told us that they, you know, they used to buy every gift for their children during their, their, yeah, yeah, their birthdays. But they have never remembered to really celebrate the day they gave their life to Christ. The issue is, the gifts you buy for your children, which of them can you say has spiritual background? We can buy books for them. We can buy teddy bear for them. Some of us will even carry it in our cars. Some of us will you know, buy all the manner of toys, both gum and everything. You place it in every part of the home. But from one room to the other, from parlor, even in your chair, there is nothing Christian-like, there is nothing spiritual you can say that you are buying for your children. God expects us mothers. We are close to these children. They must hear about Christ from us. They must see us live it. The way we do things, the way we, you know, we channel the attention, we show them actually who is your mentor. It will show them your, your roots. When a child is one year, you have not even got even a single Christian book for the person. Talk less of Bible. Some of us, we say that see children, yeah, they will tear it. From one year, my dear, buy a Bible for them. You'll be surprised. Buy story books for them. Monitor what they do. Because they must, you must lay the foundation. It's the mother that must lay the foundation for them. By the time they go to you know, Sunday school, they go to Bible club, they go to Christian schools, they go to wherever, there is already something, you know, on ground. Other things they are receiving will be a building block. But the foundation must be laid by you. You are the one that must introduce Jesus to them. It's not only preaching it. You should buy things. Whether you are there or not, they will relish it and they will know that this is where my mother really loves not buying clothes for them, buying so many things. It is good. But how many, you know, how much have you spent in buying the things that are related to spirituality? Some people, even children of five years, they don't have Bible. What we are saying is that the message is repentance from sin. There is no way our children will know Christ. There is no way they will know him if we do not lay the foundation. Our children, they want to interact with us. Our husbands, some of them are not born again. Our, you know, youth, they, you know, many of them are not born again. It's from us, they must hear it. At each level of life they are, you need to, you know, teach them. You need to buy things that will show them where your interest is. You need to call them pet names that show that this is where my interest is actually. There was a day I came out. I was in this uh, church on Wednesday. A small child, a year and 
came to me and she showed me one small package. You know, I didn't know what was inside it. And she told me, this is my Bible. A small child, a year and she told me, this is my Bible. And as she was showing me the Bible, she opened it immediately and started pointing at one person and said, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. It touched me. It may not touch you. You may think it doesn't matter. But it shows where the interest of that child is. And it shows what the mother must have planted already in her life. What we plant in this children's life as early in their life, it matters a lot. Because it will help them by the time they go outside. Then if somebody is there, then that person will harvest them. A sister told me in a story, 1999, I went to a preaching program. And one sister came there and she was telling us the role of women in the home. That we should take time to stay with these children. We are so busy. Many of them will be so challenged. They will be so troubled. They come home to ask you a simple question. You are not there. Many of them will come back with this avalanche of uh, um, tests and then assignments. The schools will call. They will do assignments on the night. You won't even have time to stay with these children and teach them the word of God and preach Jesus to them. This sister told us about a mother who was doing her work diligently, teaching her children when they were with her. And then when the son was going to school, he got admission to come to Nsoka. And this woman, before the son left, she bought a Bible and knelt before the son and told the son, my son, as you are going to Nsoka, no matter whatever you will get there, no matter whatever you will study, you know, and eventually become, I want you to get this Bible. Eventually, when the son got to school, and this sister a lecturer, the first day she came to lecture them, she started with preaching. And as she began to preach, she said that she noticed a boy somewhere crying all through. And after the lecture, she called the boy and said, what is it? Is everything okay with you? The boy said yes. He said, but you have been crying. What is the problem? And the boy told her auntie, that as you started ministering, that immediately I saw the picture of my mother kneeling before me with a Bible, telling me, my son, whatsoever you will get at Nsoka, make sure you get this Bible for me. It is very, very important to me. And that immediately I saw my mother, I broke down and I began to cry. Look at the connection from the drama we watch, look at it. The mother took time to lay the foundation, taught him the word of God, taught him, you know, and I'm sure, I wasn't there, but I'm sure that the day the mother was giving him that Bible, he may have even collected it, you know, you know, with her left hand. Very annoyed, I'm going to school, you are pushing me again, you mothers, can't you allow me to rest? Can't you allow me to rest? I'm sure that that's what that boy might have done. And look at it coming to school. Another woman was there with the message. And look at how this soul was harvested for God. That is what God is telling us. The task of preaching the message. In Second Corinthians 5, 18-20, he says, I have made you people ministers of reconciliation. That minister of reconciliation, it must start from you, the mother. You must make sure you make our time to teach these children. To tell them what Jesus did for them. To tell them the need to know Jesus. And from the things you purchase for them, from the novels you buy for them, make sure you point them to Jesus. Everything you are buying for them, make sure it's instructive. Make sure it will turn them to Christ. Not just buying books that they will read. And after reading, and you know the world, the devil, has brought out so many novels now, that the more you read it, the more you drift far away from God. But if you make our time to stay with these children, you read the Bible with them. It's very tedious. But one thing I know is that it is doable. When you do it, you see that we lay a solid foundation for these children. That we always, you know, accuse in our Muslim people. They take time when these children are small to indoctrinate them. God expects us to do the same thing. Take time when these children are so small. You may think they don't listen. They understand the scriptures. The way they hear their names from one year, if you call them, they answer you. That's how they understand the word of God. Keep teaching them. However, you you know, simplify it. Use whatsoever that is in your house to bring the message to them. When my children were still very young, I think the first one was five years old, and we had this rug in, in our house. It has red color. 
It has black color. It has white color. So one day the Holy Spirit just you know, and say, teach them with this. So everything in the home, I use it to teach them. And that day I told them. I told them that Adam failed and because of his sin came into the world. And I told them that sin is a black, you know, as black as this eh, part of the rock. And they were watching me. I told them that sin is a black as they say, eh? I said yes. I said that this red, when this red comes into this eh, black now, it will turn it. That's the blood of Jesus. That whenever blood of Jesus comes into our heart, that blood of Jesus will turn around in our heart. And then our power, you know, our hearts will become white. How God helped me, and each time they will come there and say, Mommy, you say that our heart is as black as this one. I say yes. But if Jesus comes in, our heart will be in as white as I say yes. Isaiah 118, you know, said it, you know, that your heart will be as white as eh, snow. So he said that each time they come there. So why I'm giving this example is that it's not high polluting things you are, you know, you are going to do. Everything, keep things in the house. Even in that Deuteronomy says, he said, put things in your house. There will be a reminder to these children of who you believe in, of the God you believe in. Many of us in our homes, the things we hang around, if we go to the market to buy dress for them, the kind of nonsense we buy for them, at times they wear dress. You are reading nonsense from their dress. You know? So put things in the home, that wherever they go in the home, they will see things that will be a pointer to who Jesus is. And any time they ask you a question, let us really answer them. Many of us, we have become so busy. We are not there in the morning when you should teach them. You are not there in the night when you should teach them. You are not there in the afternoon. You are not there. No. God is telling us that we should preach to these children. They should hear about Jesus from us. It's not only when they go out. We should help our husbands. Many of them, they have the ministry of maybe the evangelists, maybe the pastors. It's the women, it's you and I that will help them to achieve and accomplish God's eh, purpose. You don't just stay there. Every day we push them out. Every day we go out pursuing money. These people, we are pursuing money for you. Pursue money, you buy things for them. These children are headed to hellfire. God is really calling us. He's telling us to wake up. I don't know what you preach to your children. I don't know the things you introduce to them. I don't know whether you really have time. Make out time. I know we are busy pursuing things, but you must make out time. Enough of all this walking up and around. One sister told me one day that she came back from work. She's a pharmacist. She was uh, sewing dress for people so as to meet uh, the deadline. And the, the daughter was just looking for her attention. The daughter was uh, about five years. She was troubled and she was looking for the mother's attention to discuss with her so that the issue would be trusted. And this sister was so busy. So annoyed with her, said, get out, let me meet the deadline. And at a stage, this girl went to a corner and said, mommy, I want to be born again. And the mother said, what do you say? He said, mommy, I want to be born again. Because that's the only thing she would have said that would attract eh, the mother's attention. Can you imagine a child of less than six years telling the mother that she wants to, to be born again? What else are you looking for? This sister said that she wept. And she collected everything and packed them and said, Mom, come, come. I know that you need my attention. Many of us, we are not there for them. We are not there for them. And that's why we have produced dangerous children. Generation that we don't know how to reverse. It is when they are still very young, it is now, when they are one year, two years, that you can ingrain, you can write with iron, iron pain, the righteousness of Jesus in their life. You will write it. Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will never depart from it. What have you sown? What are you preaching to them? There is nothing else. No, we have jumped and we have danced. But God is crying because he's depending on, on us. It's not the men. The men are not there. And he said today in the prophecy that when you, if you do not do it, know that eh, your reward is waiting for you. So God is calling us. And I pray that God will help us to take this task very, 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 very urgent. Know that there is no time. Very soon the preaching of the gospel will be over. Very soon these children under us, they will begin to go out. What are they going out with? If they are going out with nothing, then there is nothing that will meet them over there. 
we work in the university, I've worked in as, a, as a faculty officer, and now in our work as a lecturer. These children, many of them are so empty. Many of them, they do not have anything to look up to. If you are saying anything, you say, when we are growing, our mother, she's not there. So, so you see that the world is getting worse and worse. And it can never get uh, better. And that's why God is telling us that we should preach to them. Tell them that Jesus loves them. Tell them the need for them to receive Jesus. And when they do it when they are young, even when they, you know, the devil comes in and took them away, definitely one day, God will use what you have learned in their lives and he will bring them back. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then the next thing I want to talk and we close is how do we carry out this task? Because we have been talking about carrying out, uh, you know, the task itself. And we have said that the task itself is uh, preaching the gospel. And preaching this gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. Years ago, we defined what is evangelism. And we said that evangelism is preaching the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's the task. But the question is, how do we do it? Praise the Lord. I just listed four ways by which we can do it. It's the normal things we have been seeing. You know, we have been saying and we know. But I pray that God will today touch you afresh to really do something. Number one is, eh, you must be born again. How? How? The how is very, very important. Because if you are carrying out a task somebody gives to you, and you do not know the mindset of that person, you do not understand the person you are carrying the task, there is no way you can do it well. Bible says in John 1 verse 4, it says, In him was life. The life was the light of men. You must have the life of the master in you. If you do not have the life of the master in you, that's why it seems we are failing God. Many of us, we have not received the life. It's when the life comes into you, then the life of Christ will move from you, and there's no way you can rest if the life of Christ is in you. There's no way you will rest until you make sure that your family, they are all turned to Christ. Do you have the life? Are you born again? There is no way you can give what you do not have. This church, we have been preaching it. We have been saying it. But each day, people are still coming to church and going. Many of us mothers, we are not born again. I'm not asking you if you come to church. Thank God you come to this church. But the issue, have you received the life? We were told a few weeks ago that without the life, there will be no lifestyle. It's the life that produces the lifestyle of the kingdom. Have you really come to Jesus? Have you really been transformed? Or do you still live your life anyhow? And as I've been saying what to do, the methods to use, and you think you can do it with arm of flesh. No. If you have not come to Jesus to receive the cleansing power, to receive the power even to carry out this task, then your duty or your case will be like that of seven sons of a giver. Bible says that they went to deliver a man possessed by the evil spirit. And the man even noticed that they were empty. The man asked them, Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? So when you are teaching these children, or you are, you know, helping your husband, when you do not have the life or the substance that will help your husband in his ministry, or the substance that will keep, you know, that will flow into these children, so that when they go out, they will be able to stand. That no matter whatever that is happening, they will be able to stand, and at last they make heaven. There is no way it will be possible. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. That you are born into the church does not mean that you must carry the task. No. You must encounter the life. You must encounter. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15.47, it said that the first man, Adam, is from earth. earth. Which means everything about first Adam was just natural. It was here on earth, nothing spiritual. And the second Adam came from heaven, heavenly. So you must exchange the first Adam with the second Adam. If the first Adam has not really come into your life, then there is no way you can carry out this task. Because it's a task that if you do on your own, you will be destroyed. Because we are in the midst of war. We are in the midst of war. So you need to hand your life over to Jesus. Have you really come to Jesus? You know, one thing that our brother, Reverend Ezali, said years ago, 
that this church is a dangerous church. That whatever you need to know about the kingdom, you hear it here. And the Anglican is a wonderful church. Say, have you come to Jesus for the cleansing power? Have you been cleansed? Have you been washed? Have you received Jesus? That's number one. If you have not encountered him, please, let this modern Sunday this year be a time for you. Because you cannot do it. Even in your home. Even if you preach it. Even if you preach it, you cannot live it. Because it's only the life of Christ in you that will help you to live the kind of eh, kingdom lifestyle we are talking about. Have you really received Jesus? Or do you still live on your own? And you think it doesn't matter. No, the task is not actually for you. You must come to him. The life must flow into you. He must pour his life into you. It's only his kind of life that will do it. You cannot do it on your own. First Samuel 2, 9 said, By flesh, you know, by strength shall no man prevail. By strength you cannot prevail. It's not by power nor by might. It's only by the Spirit of the Lord. Have you come to Jesus? Are you born again? Have you received the power? To them that believe he gives them power to become children of God. And number two, following that, on how to carry out the task. On how to be qualified even to do the task of the master. Number two, he said, you must be baptized by the Holy Spirit. I'm not asking you if you are baptized you know, in the church. Being baptized, is, you know, it means being filled with the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. You know that when you give your life to Christ, you have a deposit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into you. What the Holy Spirit does at that inception, at the point of conversion, what he does is a deposit, a guarantee that you belong to Christ. That man, you have been redeemed from darkness and you are now into the, uh, into the kingdom of God. That you have come into the kingdom. But that deposit will not help you. You need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's a commandment. And when something is a command, don't play with it. Jesus told the disciples in Acts of Apostles chapter 1, verse 8, he said, Do not live here until you are endued with power from above. You need power to do this work. You don't just go out anyhow and you think you can do it. No, the work will break you in pieces. It's not something you can carry on the arm of flesh. No, you need the empowerment. Out of you must flow rivers of you know, living water. You need power from above. If we look at the life of Peter, when Peter has not been empowered, the Bible says that he denied Jesus three times. But when the disciples were empowered, the Bible told us how Peter stood up in Acts of Apostles chapter 2 and preached to the crowd, thousands of them. And the Bible told us more than 3,000 people repented and gave their life to Christ. That's what we are talking about. Before, Peter was timid. What the Holy Spirit empowerment does for you, it gives you boldness. It gives you confidence. It gives you power to do the work. Because as I'm going out carrying the task of the master, at times you meet a situation that is only God that will wriggle you out of it. You need the empowerment. You need the empowerment. If Jesus was empowered, who are you? Bible tells us that when John finished baptizing him, as he was coming out, that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, and he had a voice. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Jesus was empowered. So who are you? We need empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Because the war is so charged now, that it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit you'll be able to stand. When, uh, when Stephen was killed in Acts of Apostles chapter 7, the Bible says that the believers were persecuted, and they scattered to everywhere. In chapter 8, Bible tells us from verse 1 to 25 that Philip went to Samaria. And while Philip preached, people gave their life to Christ because they have been endured. When you are empowered, when you preach, you know, you are, you know, your message carries power. It moves with power. And many people gave their life to Christ and Peter and John went and laid their hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit, to be empowered. And immediately, the Bible tells us from verse 6 of that chapter 8, 26 of it, that the angel told him to move south. As he was moving south, the Bible said that the Holy Spirit, you know, he saw the Ethiopia, you know, and the Holy Spirit says, move near. As he moved near, he saw where, you know, where the man 
was reading. The Holy Spirit said again, go in. And from there, he preached to the Ethiopian eunuch. And that's how the man gave his life to Christ. And immediately, the Holy Spirit took him again. So the Holy Spirit, when you are empowered, it helps you to get direction. You don't actually know how to preach when the Holy Spirit is not there. So it's the Holy Spirit that directs you, helps you to know how to preach. Because some people, uh, it's only God that will help you. Even, even in your own home, it's not even easy. So we need the empowerment. So that whatever you are doing, however you will carry on you know, the task, the Holy Spirit will help you. And you will see that each time you will achieve results. Praise the Lord. A story was told about a brother at Nsoka when they were in campus. That this brother was known. If you encounter him, he was preached to you. You can never cross him without hearing that Jesus eh, says. And one day he had a car in the, in the campus. As he was driving out, he met one of these eh, you know, ladies. Because in the campus you have some happening ladies. And this one, she was among them. And he stopped for the lady. And the lady made up her mind that she would mess up this brother. Because he has been known that every time he was preaching the gospel. And immediately she entered the car. The Holy Spirit said, don't preach to her. Don't say a word to her. And he took the, sister, uh, the lady to a campus gate and dropped her and left. Immediately, the lady started weeping. She ran back to the hostel again and started weeping. And people in her side, what He says that her sin has become so bad that even this brother could not even preach to her. So then, if I, I, I heard that she wept and wept and wept, only God knows what happened there next. But if not that the Holy Spirit was there, that's why I say you need the empowerment. If not the Holy Spirit, if the brother had opened his mouth, this woman, you know, this lady would have messed him up. So we need him for direction. We need him for boldness. Because many of us are born again. But we cannot stand before people to go and tell them about the kingdom. It's because we are not yet empowered. Even for us to go for what the evangelism has, it's so difficult that some of us, we have never gone. It's because you have not been empowered. So you can't carry out the task without being empowered. Praise the Lord. Number three is that is prayer. We must be people of prayer. Without prayer, how can you break through the gates of wrath? Because the people you are preaching to, the enemy has so much hardened their hearts. In Matthew 13, we talk about four grants, four soils. One is a wayward one. The other one stony heart. The other one thorny heart. One is a fatal grant. There is no way you can break through the stony heart, the thorny heart, or the wayward one, and turn it around to become the fatal one. It's only through prayers. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, from 3 to 6, if you read it, Bible says that our weapon of war is not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting out imaginations, there are strongholds. And before you can get a soul, before you can, you know, preach for somebody to give his or her life to Christ, you must break down the gates of wrath. You must pull down the strongholds, all the powers of darkness, because the devil, he has tested heaven. And he vowed that nobody will go to heaven. It's only through prayer that you can break everything that, you know, holds men from receiving Jesus. In Isaiah 49, 24 and 25, if you read it, he says, Shall the you know, lawful captives be delivered? He said, yes. Even the lawful captives shall be delivered. How can you deliver them? It's through prayers. You cannot enter a strong man's house and rob the strong man unless you bind the strong man. You must use prayer to bind whatever that is blocking their view. You must use prayer. It's only prayer that when you release, every power will take to their heels. Praise the Lord. And finally, in conclusion, you must study to show thyself approved. Second Timothy 4, 15, it says, study, Second Timothy 2, 15, it says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of faith. I want us to know that it's not your word, it's not your philosophy that will convert a man. It's the word of God. And if it's the word of God that can convert a man, Jesus says, it's not me that will condemn you, it's my word that will condemn you. And for you to really preach this word, you must know it. 
Many of us are so, you know, we don't make our time. We can stay on our Facebook or WhatsApp for four hours, but we cannot make out one hour to study the scriptures. I want us to know that the task is such very, 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 you know, sensitive. The people you are going to preach to, these people, many of them are very intelligent. Many of them are demonic. And many of them, they know the scriptures. The only thing is that they do not apply it eh, very well. They use it you know, as a defense. So that if you come, so if you are going to carry out the task, and you do not know the scriptures, tell me how you can face them. It's the scriptures that can convert a man. It's not your word. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, My word that I sent out will never come back to me until it fulfills the purpose for which I sent it out. So you must take time to study the scriptures. You must take time to load your life with the scriptures. So that as you go about to carry out the task of the master, at each point you are reaching, God knows that person more than you do. He knows the right word that will hit that person. And he knows the right word that will hit the other person. So you must know the word. So that at the right time, the Holy Spirit will bring up eh, that particular word. And when you speak it, it will hit. A brother told us about a man. He's always, you know, going around. If he meets in a Christian, once you tell him, receive Jesus, he will ambass you with philosophies. You know, and that day, this brother met him. And he started again. The brother told him, Romans chapter 128 says, Even as they did not want to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate heart to do those things which are not convenient. And left him no argument. And this man, as the man was, you know, was going, the spirit of the Lord was reminding him of this thing. When he went back, he went to Romans 1 and 28, and he began to read. And at a stage, he called somebody and said, What is this thing? From there, the man gave his life to Christ. So it's the word of God that converts. At times, some people will come with arguments. If you come out, they will come with arguments. The way you send forth the right word, the right word will do the work. It will continue. You may leave. You may never see the person again. But the person will go home and the Spirit of God will keep on reminding him of the word of God. Are you really ready to study the word? Many of us, our children, will go to school. And some of the school where they go to is owned by some of these occultic people. And they will come back with one confusion. Mommy, look at what we were told in our school. You won't even know the word with which you will speak to them. Study to show thyself approved. The time you take, you know, it baffles me that especially our youth, we are no longer talking to our mothers alone. Our fathers, our youth, you take time browsing. Last month as I went to Facebook, because at times I go there, but when I go to Facebook, I look for something good. As I went to Facebook, I saw where this great-grandchild of uh, Queen of England, I think he's uh, Prince George. Is it the name? They were teaching him ABC with the word of God. Did you see it, young people? You won't see it. The only thing yeah, you see is all the yeah, nasty things. You won't see it. And when I saw it, I clicked there. And I listened to this small boy road A, B, C to Z with the word of God. You know, uh, for example, L, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not. If you see the way this small boy was running it from A, B to Z. You know? So what do you know? The teacher coined it and taught him. And I'm sure that with that thing, as that boy grows, he will continue to grow with it by God's grace. But you, do you really know the word? Do you take time to read the word? What we do now is everybody, my phone, uh, yeah, my, uh, the word of God is, uh, is, is on the phone. Anywhere you go to in the morning, you won't search the scriptures. You won't do quiet time. In the afternoon, no way. In the night, you are nowhere. At times, you just browse through. But it's not the same thing. Studying to show yourself approved, you don't do it in on the phone. You bring your Bible and do it. Take time to study the scripture. The power to carry the task is in the scripture. God can never do anything without the scripture. Whatever God can do, whether healing, whether deliverance, whether whatsoever, it must be the word of God. And God is so careful about his word. God is ready to allow his name to disappear. But his word, he's watching over it to perform it. Do you really know the word? So that at each task, 
in your home, in your office, wherever you go to. At times when you want to minister in the car, will you carry your, your Bible? That's why it is good that you study the scriptures. So the way you stand up in the vehicle to preach the, you know, you know, you know, you know the gospel. If you quote, you will not quote a wrong thing. I was listening to, uh, to, to somebody one day. It was, it's not exactly what he quoted, but it's like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You will see it in Hosea 3.16. How can it be in Hosea 3.16? In as much as he quoted it very well. But what of if somebody, an atheist or somebody who really wants to mess up God, is there? Is to say, eh? You say Hosea 3.16? Now wow. So we must take our time to study to show ourselves in approval. So that when you are carrying out the task, when you are going about in your office, wherever you may find yourself, you have the word to speak for every season. I pray that God will help us to understand that the master's task is for us to preach Jesus. Jesus and Jesus alone. First Corinthians 2.2 2, Paul said, I do not want to know anything while I am with you except Jesus and him crucified. That's the only task. That's the task in of the master. And you may say, hey, every time, do, do, do. Is there any blessing? There is blessing. If you read that place where we read, you will see that Jesus told them, do not go about with anything. Just go with one coat. Do not make any other provision. The implication of that particular you know, word from Jesus is that I will provide for you. When you are committed to the task of the master, I want to assure you, the little I have seen, David says, I was young. None I'm old. I have never seen the righteous eh, forsaken, nor their children begging bread. The little I have seen of God, when you are committed to the task of the master, he will never leave you alone. Praise the Lord. How do I know? In Matthew 6, if you read from 32, 33, and 34, he said that the pagans, they run after their knees. People that do not know God, they run after their knees. But he said that your heavenly father knows all that you need. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Every other thing shall be added unto you. In 34, he says, for the for the, you know, for the day, each day has its own challenge. And when you are committed, doing this master's task the way it should be, he will bless you. Whatsoever that you need, that is really essential, because it's not everything that we need. Jesus told the disciples, go and buy what we need. There are things we need, and there are things we don't need. Don't get those things we don't need. Get the things we need. And when you do the work of the kingdom, when you do the master's work, definitely he will bless you. He will not only bless you here on earth. You have a crown of life waiting for us in heaven. Paul says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished it. There's a crown waiting for me. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. So what is it you have fought for? What is it that when you die, there will be a crown? What are you living for? You are pursuing the mundane things of this world. From morning you leave the home and you come back in the night. What are you living for? At times I look at people and say, what are you living for? Are you living for the master or are you just living for yourself? The more you pursue the things of the world, the more it goes far away from you. And when you get them without you know, doing the work of Christ, it flees. It goes. Money has wings. If you are not using it for the things of God, it will develop wings and it will just disappear. What are you living for, young man? You still have the strength to go about the business in of the master. What are you living for, young lady? What are you living for, mothers and fathers here? What is it you are living for? No matter your age, Billy Graham died at 99 years and before he died, he was preaching the message. What is it you are living for? What is it you are pushing? The carrots of, you know, and pepper soup in of this world. When you do the master's work, definitely he will bless you. I don't know what you are looking for. Are you here? You have not even given your life to Christ. You cannot carry this task. You cannot do this work. I want to invite you. If you want to receive Jesus, if you want this life to become yours, if you want to be redeemed from destruction of the enemy, this is time for you to stand up and come out here so that our daddy, the venerable, will pray for us. Or maybe you are here and from the message you have realized or from all the things we have seen today that you are not really living up to it. I want you also to stand so that we shall be prayed for. So that this task, we shall be able to do it and carry it out the way the master wants it. Are you here? 
you want to receive Jesus. I want you to stand up wherever you are. Come out here. Don't allow the devil to deceive you. You come here every day you go back. You cannot live this kingdom lifestyle unless you have encountered him. Unless you have encountered him. This is the time. Do not allow the devil to deceive you. He will tell you, you know, we saw it in the drama. He will come and confuse you. But as that day, you know, lady at last gave her life to Christ. And look at it. As she was going to pick the children, she died on the way. I'm not praying for you to die. But this is time for you to reconcile with your master. Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling men back to himself. Do you want to go back again today the same way? No. Reject the devil. Reject his prudence and come out here. Let the venerable pray for you. And if you are here, you know that the, you know the work. You are not doing it the way you should do. Please stand up and let us pray. If you are here and you know why you came out, repeat this prayer after me. Let it be from your heart. We have no cause to question your decision. You heard the call. You came out. Take it seriously. The Bible says if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth, you believe with your heart that you are a sinner and Jesus died for your sins, you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth that you cannot help yourself, that Jesus should come and be your Lord and your Savior. He will make a righteousness of God in you and he will redeem your life. Repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you. You love me. You died on the cross of Calvary. You paid the price for my sins. By the blood you shed, you exchanged for my life. I'm sorry for my past life. I am a sinner. In sin did my mother conceive me. And today, I stand before you. Repentant of my past life, repentant of my sin, and surrendering to you. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Make me new. Cleanse me. And make me a child of God. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, thank you. Your word is clear and sound. And your word sounds out and doesn't return back to you void. By that same word, Lord, we hand over these ones unto you. There are young ones here. There are not so young here. There are some young men here. There are some young women here. Lord Almighty, with their heart, they have received you. Consciously, willingly. Lord, this is an operation that no one physically understands. But when we do it with all our heart and acknowledge our past and our sinfulness, and we invite you, the only one with the power to break down the barrier and the power of sin, and transfer us from the kingdom of darkness into that of the marvelous light in you, you make all things new. Therefore, I ask that Lord, by that same power, that you will make all things new in these lives in the name of Jesus. Let the old things pass away. Let all things become new. And let their lives be lived in the newness of your power, in peace, and with the joy of the Holy Spirit, the rest of the days of their lives, to be a testimony to the glory of your name, walking under your leading all through their lives in Jesus' name. Father, we ask you, Write their name in the book of life. And let there be a witness in their spirit that they belong to you. And live for you by that same spirit that has brought a change in their lives. Evermore. In Jesus' name we pray. We are still praying. Those of you who are standing up, you are telling God, you have spoken to my heart as a mother. And I know myself. And I stand before you. And you know my heart. Father, I open the door of my heart and I ask you to take charge. And I ask for your mercy. Almighty God, we pray for our mothers. We pray for our sisters. We pray concerning us. These ones that have been sincere and are standing because they cannot help themselves. Today, O oh God, 
we pray as a church and we ask that that transforming power that equips us, O Lord, to live out the life and to show forth the life and to not only radiate it in our homes as Jerusalem, but to carry it out. Lord will be shown anew in their hearts in the name of Jesus. You say that the love of Christ is shed abroad in our heart. Lord Almighty, as that whatever has deemed that love of Christ in their hearts, to live it out the way their family needs to get. Their children, young or maybe not so young. Some may have grown old. Some may have come of age. To let it out even to the wider world. Mount God, we pray that that love of God will be shed abroad in their heart again and nothing will by any means overcome it in the name of Jesus. Nothing more will separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Not busyness, not ignorance, not our shadows, not our age, not the excuses. Lord Almighty, we ask that even in these areas of not getting it right, of maybe shaking in our duties and responsibilities, of maybe getting the light of life to our children, to those around. Almighty God, turn us around in the name of Jesus. Forgive us to God, and let there be a newness of joy, a springing of life, a life that darkness cannot overcome, and the love of Christ that nothing can withstand, except it has done the work in the life of the person whom you have pointed our attention unto, in the name of Jesus Christ. Open our hearts again as we go to the place of prayer, as we intercede on behalf of those our children. Lord, it doesn't matter how far away they have gone. Lord, today we call them by name and we say, Lord, they return by virtue of our going back to do our work, kneeling in prayer, using the word for them, living out the life. Lord, yet make them your instruments of grace and of service in the name of Jesus Christ. May it be well with them in the line of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. And may we also have a fulfillment that we come back, O oh God, to that which you ask us to do. And let the joy of the Holy Spirit, and let righteousness, and let the peace that we govern our hearts, O oh God, as we live for you, flood us today and the remaining days of our lives as mother, and overcloud our homes and our work in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, as you equip us. For the rest of the mothers, for the rest of the fathers, and for the rest of the children, young or old, male or female, may we live out, doing the master's stars, reflecting your lifestyle and power. And no one who seeks your kingdom and the righteousness thereof will be abandoned of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, may we live for your kingdom. May we live to your glory. May we live pleasing lives to you and delight to you. And Father, may you do that which is pleasing as a memorial in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Let people take note that we have been with Jesus. Let the book of remembrance come up again that these ones fear the Lord and they walk by his precepts. And Father, there is a remembering of those areas of our need as you take care of them one by one. And the glory returns to you. And the joy us. Bless our homes. Bless our families. Bless our fathers. Bless our mothers. Bless our young ones. Bless the toddlers. Bless those who are near and those who are far. And may there be a reviving of your power and mercy and love. In living for you in our homes today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you Father. In Jesus name we pray.